My name is Matthew. Nice to see you all here. Matthew Lawrence. I, um, I commend you for having made it through these heavy rains. Well done, indeed. Uh, this is my first time preaching here, so I just want to take a second to introduce myself. Uh, I've been kind of lurking around here for a few months. I've been a priest for 26 years, uh, beginning in Boston, then in Ann Arbor, and then for the past 12 years up in Santa Rosa, where I served as the rector of the Church of the Incarnation. I got to the point where I just could not do parish ministry any longer, and so last August I took the plunge and started a new position as a hospital chaplain. So I moved to Mill Valley and started a new job as chaplain down at uh, one of the Sutter hospitals in San Francisco. And I love my work. I get to spend my days now praying with and sitting with people who are very sick, in very deep suffering, sometimes very close to death. And now I know that uh, you might think that that would be horribly depressing. But in fact, I find it astonishingly beautiful. Because when people are that close to death, they are also that close to everything that matters to them. And that is another word for God. Everything that matters. When you're privileged to become close to people who are in deep suffering and pain and near death, you become witness to some absolutely gorgeous moments on a daily basis. One of my patients is a relatively young man who was hit by a car while crossing a a crosswalk about a year ago. And now he's paralyzed from the chest down, and he breathes through a tube. And after 16 surgeries, the quality of his life is not much better now than it was about a week after he was hit by that car. Everything that could go wrong for this patient has gone wrong, including horrible bacterial infections, necrotic bed sores, organ failure, you name it. And he has nobody in his life except for his father. His father works full-time in the Central Valley, so the only time that he's able to see his son is on weekends. But his father calls twice a day, once in the morning and once in the evening, like clockwork, And despite the fact that my friend can only talk in quick little gasps of breath, they talk. And it's those phone calls that keeps my friend, the patient, alive. More than the breathing apparatus, more than the 16 surgeries, more than the -the around-the-clock nursing care or the IVs, it's those phone calls. When my friend talks about his father, he's so overcome with love that all he can do is weep. He grasps my hand and he says, I just love my dad so much. I happened to be visiting my friend the other day when when his father called. And the look on my friend's face as he heard the sound of his father's voice 
who was just pouring out words of comfort and reassurance to him. The way my friend's eyes just filled with tears as he listened to his father's voice, I'll never forget it. And it moved me to call up my own son that evening and tell him how much I loved him. And it made me realize, once again, just how strong these invisible cords of love are that bind us all together. About how in the daily course of our lives we can take those cords of love for granted. But every once in a while, at these threshold moments in our lives, these cords of love become almost tangible, almost visible and real to us, more real than anything else, and nothing else matters. These threshold moments can change our lives forever. So it is for Jesus as well. In our gospel reading this morning, he's at one of those threshold moments in his life, the moment of his baptism. And the voice of his father is heard so as to shake the very foundations of the earth, announcing for all the world to hear, this is my son, my beloved. It happens again at another threshold moment in Jesus' life, at the mountaintop where Jesus is transfigured by a blinding light. And it's there that Jesus realizes that he must go to Jerusalem where he will be betrayed and killed and raised on the third day. And again, it's the voice of his father that booms out, this is my son, my beloved. So as a father myself, I can kind of relate a little bit to maybe what God was feeling, to that surge of pride and love that can overwhelm a parent. I remember a few days after my son was born, after all of the terror and thrill of his birth had worn off just a little bit, and we had just given him a bath and we'd wrapped him up in this clean swaddling cloth, and my wife finally got a chance to take a little nap. And I sat up with him, holding him in my arms for what seemed like hours, just holding him and staring into his eyes and realizing that I was falling in love in a way that I'd never fallen in love before. My love felt so intense. And I realized that this love was just pouring out of me into his inscrutable little face into his wonderfully beating little heart and his squirming little hands, perfect little hands and feet. And it absolutely terrified me. I realized this love is not safe. I mean, what will happen if something happens to him? I realized if If anything ever happened to this baby, I couldn't bear it. You know, I would be utterly destroyed. I realized that if anything happened, I would just kind of go insane. I was quite sure of it. 
So speak about threshold moments. That was this threshold moment for me when I, I realized that, you know, up to that point I thought that love was, you know, safe and reassuring and comforting and kind of warm and cuddly and delightful feelings about love. And that's when I realized just how terrifying love can be. How is it possible to love something this fragile, this vulnerable? Something that you know is going to at some point going to stand up and going to walk and then it's going to run into traffic, you know? How can I bring this being into this world knowing what I know about the nature of this world? Which is that it is guaranteed to cause pain. I think on these things now and I think on this story of God, the Father who announces his love for his Son on this threshold moment, knowing what he knew about the kind of suffering that his Son would be facing. In our psalm this morning, we hear the voice of the Lord is upon the waters, the God of glory thunders. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedar trees. They say when God speaks, mountains crack open. But I wonder if on this day when Jesus was baptized, God's voice didn't crack just a little bit. I wonder if God wasn't just as terrified by his love as the rest of us are. Because love can be terrifying. So no wonder we so often hide from love, right? I think of all the times I've said, I love you, and how often it comes out kind of rushed, you know, or embarrassed, or in passing. I have a best friend. He lives up in Santa Rosa. Over the past 10 years, we've, we've been there for each other through some of those big threshold moments of our lives. He got me through my divorce, and then I got him through his. We've supported one another through the, the death of our parents and countless other deaths and heartbreaks. I don't know how I would have gotten through the last 10 years without his love and his support. And yet I've noticed that when I'm saying goodbye to him, I'll give him a big hug and I'll thump him on the back and I'll say, love you, bro. You know? I actually leave out the I statement. I, it's as if it's too much to actually own this love that I have for him. Thumping him on the back, love you, bro, you know? And it's great because that's when I'm thumping him on the back. I don't even actually have to make eye contact with him, right? I have to ask myself, when's the last time I actually looked him in the eye and said, hey, Chris, I love you, you know? 
I realize I don't want to wait until one of us is in a hospital bed for me to get up the courage to say that out loud to him. Which brings us to the question of God's love. I think it was Paul Tillich who said that the miracle of God's love is that it is born in contingency. And I'm not exactly sure I know what that means, but I think it is that God's love is a constant in a world where every conceivable kind of change can happen and will happen. God's love is there when we're rich and when we're broke. God's love is there when we're full of ourselves and when we're filled with self-loathing. God's love is in the playground and it's in the hospital room and it's in the graveyard. God's love is the ground from which we rise in the morning and is the ground into which we are buried. And when we give ourselves over to that love, when we give ourselves permission to recognize God as the source of that love, then we too find the courage to love in the midst of contingency. That's when we come to see that everything that is exists as an extension of God's love, that every breath that we take Every bit of these bodies of ours, every atom and molecule of this creation is all an expression of God's love. Then when we realize that, we're given the gift of being able to love despite all of life's contingencies. When love is the constant in life, nothing that happens in life can then take that love away. Does that make sense? Which is why Jesus can be betrayed by his friends and nailed to a cross. And the last words on his lips are words of forgiveness and love. Which is why we can find the courage to love one another completely no matter what. Because we know that the source of our love is not ourselves, but God. And that our love is constant, ever renewed, never extinguished. A love that will carry us through anything that life has to throw at us up to and including death itself. That is the mystery of Christ's life and death and resurrection in a nutshell, that God's love is a constant. And that is what has drawn us here this morning. Despite the contingencies of rain and floods and aching joints and sleepy minds, we come here this morning, to once again remember the source of this love, so that we might find, once again, the miraculous courage to love it all, every last drop of this life.
the heartbreak and the glory, the joy and the sorrow together. A friend of mine reminded me recently of that wonderful line by William Blake, William Blake. We are put on earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. And as we gather at this altar this morning, as we pray the great thanksgiving and we lift our broken hearts to the source of life and love, I pray we learn to bear these beams of love together. And in so doing, may we be healed. May we be made whole. May we learn to love one another all the more deeply through all that life brings us. May it be so. As we are drenched by this rain, may we be drenched by this blessing of God's love. And as we come to this altar with open hearts, may we continue to open our hearts to that love, saying, Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.